too early. Never too early to talk about position battles for the Indianapolis Colts. So we're going to do that. I've got seven position battles I'm going to watch starting next week at minicamp. And then in training camp, I want to get a really good look at these position battles and try to figure out who's going to come out on top. Indiana basketball, they look fantastic on paper. It's June 2nd. Maybe we slow our roll, but you know what? It's been a long time since Indiana has won a Big Ten title. It's been a long time since they got to the 2000 or to the Sweet 16. In both cases, it's been since 2016. So getting excited in early June is just fine, especially after Michigan got they suffered the losses to the NBA draft that they did yesterday, because two guys are not coming back to Michigan. They're staying in the draft, and that really helps the Hoosiers. Indiana football, mm. Athlon Sports, they don't think very highly of Indiana football. We're going to talk about that, too, and I want to remind you that we're going to talk about all of this, at least the Colts aspect of this, on the uh, call-in app. Download the call-in app at 4.30, almost right after this. We're going to get on the call-in call app, and we're going to talk about it for a solid half hour to 45 minutes, taking your calls. Very, very cool. You just activate yourself as a caller. I hit a button, and you're, we're talking. And a bunch of people are listening. Hundreds, if not thousands, of people are listening. Very, very cool. Download the, download the call-in app now, and we'll get that rolling. This is Inside Indiana Sports Now with Ken Sterling for Thursday, June 2nd, 2022, brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. You got a plumbing problem? They got a plumbing solution. It's what they do. Call 765-610-8809 and Jared Johnson is going to hook you up as he has in our house three times. We've had him out here three times. Love his work. So saying yes to the opportunity to extol the virtues of Johnson's plumbing, I couldn't wait. All right, let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts and position battles that are going to be waged throughout minicamp, and then in terms of training camp. And this is really an interesting part of the process of being a professional football player because you're a teammate of these people. But your success or failure depends upon whether you can beat that other guy out. Generational wealth for your family, whether your mom ever has to work again, your dad ever has to work again, is dependent upon whether you can beat somebody out for that one job. Sometimes it comes down to timing. Sometimes you just got to win it on the field. These seven position battles are going to be huge for the Colts. And number one on the list, I got Mo Ali Cox going up against Jelani Woods. Jelani Woods, the rookie, third-round pick out of Virginia, had a really good last year of college football at Virginia after being ignored at Oklahoma State, virtually ignored. Didn't catch a lot of balls. He wasn't used as a blocking tight end either. He was a receiving tight end. He just wasn't throwing the damn ball. At Virginia, they did. And he separated himself from a bunch of other tight ends by being an enormous guy who is exceptionally athletic. And that's pretty cool. And then you've also got Ogletree behind him, who was drafted as a tight end. You've also got Kylan Granson. But it looks like Mo Ali Cox and Jelani Woods are going to be the two guys who fight it out. Now, the Colts, they use multiple tight end sets from time to time. So that's important to note. Both these guys are going to be on the field. Both these guys are going to get opportunities. But one is going to separate himself 
as the alpha dog in that tight end room. Is it going to be Mo Ali Cox? Is it going to be Jelani Woods? I think early on it could be Mo, and then later on it could be Jelani. We'll see how this transpires throughout the season. I think it's going to be interesting. At left tackle, you've got Bernard Ryman against Matt Pryor, and that's how you pronounce Bernard Ryman's name. We were with a guy, a, a sports writer or some kind of a writer from Austria yesterday at the Colts Complex, and he kept saying Bernard Ryman. That's how you pronounce it. All right. So he was taken in the third round also. Third round draft picks, they don't get drafted to sit on their ass. They're not treated like Sean Davis was a couple of years ago and kicked to the curb immediately, right? Cut before they ever make the roster, before the team ever plays. This is going to be interesting because Ryman is physically a left tackle, right? And he's growing into the position. He came to the position late during his time at Central Michigan. He was a tight end the first couple of years on the roster. Then he migrated to left tackle, and he showed himself to be very, very adept at that position and a guy who grew into that position quickly and has the measurables necessary to play it. Matt Pryor's got the measurables too, but you kind of know where Matt Pryor is. Matt Pryor's kind of here. He, he's, you know what he is, right? He doesn't have a huge ceiling. You know where Matt Pryor's at. Bernard Ryman is a guy with a fairly substantial ceiling, but in the present, there's not much confidence around the Colts that he's going to be able to start at left tackle immediately this year, but it depends on how quickly he grasps the position, how Chris Strasser can get what he needs to do in his head and have that head communicate with the body to put his feet and hands where they need to be so they can create protection for Matt Ryan and create holes for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, number three, Quiddy Pay and Dio Odangbo and Taekwon Lewis. I think those three are, are going to battle. Although uh, the way Chris Ballard and, and the way Gus Bradley and Frank Reich are going to utilize defensive ends, you know, you need a lot of them. Oh, everybody's going to get some run. So this isn't so much about, you know, being on the field, how many reps you're going to get. They're all going to get reps. However, you know that Ngakwe is set at the Leo. You don't know who the opposite defensive end is. Last year, Dio Odangbo, recovering from his Achilles, you didn't get to see the full Dio, right? The full hurricane. He was a factor one hurricane, level one hurricane last year. You're hoping that he can lift his play to level three hurricane status, and then you got something at the opposite defensive end, the guy who's opposite from Ngakwe. Quiddy Pay, a guy who didn't really hit the ground running in his first season, four sacks, that isn't going to get it done at, at defensive end for the Colts. They have got to put more pressure on the quarterback, have to. They were among the, the league's worst in pressuring the quarterback, some of that responsibility falls on Quiddy Pay. They've got a new defensive line coach, a new defensive scheme. We'll see who comes out in the wash atop that list. Uh, Julian Blackman and Nick Cross. They didn't draft Nick Cross just to sit. He, another third-round pick, drafted 96th overall, going up against Julian Blackman, who, also a third-round pick a couple of years ago, coming out of Utah with a torn ACL. He got back on the field very, very quickly and with almost no camp. He was able to roll a little bit as a rookie. Last year, looked like he had really solidified his status as a starting free safety. 
Then he tears his Achilles. I love this kid. Um, Julian Blackman yesterday with the media said that the thing that he thought, he hit the ground, he knew that he had torn his Achilles. And he said, thank you, God, because he appreciated the opportunity to learn. Who does that? He said it, and he meant it. I like Julian Blackman. I'm going to like Nick Cross, too, I'm sure, but I never met the guy. Who's going to win that position battle? You got me, but the free safety is going to be really, really important for the Colts. And don't put it past Gus Bradley to play too high safeties. So guys are going to get run. You've got, thank you, trucking across America. You've got McLeod, you've got Cross, you've got Blackman, and you've got Kari Willis. Those four guys are going to get some play, but it's going to be interesting to see who the starting safeties are. Then at third-string quarterback, you're going to have Sam Ellinger or Jack Cohn. Jack Cohn out of Notre Dame. Jack Cohn is more a Matt Ryan statue-esque guy, 6'4 or so. Explain to Leo. The Leo is kind of, it's a Gus Bradley-specific position in his scheme. So, and Gakwe it goes about 250, 245, 250. He is not the traditional defensive end. But what he does is he sets up way wide, and with his speed and with his ability to be powerful, he tries to spin his way or bull rush his way past. Think of Robert Mathis back in the day. Undersized defensive end trying to create uh, space with the tackle and get to the quarterback real quick. That's what Ngakwe does. That's what Gus Bradley wants out of that Leo position. And it's a, it's a Gus Bradley-specific thing in that cover three and to the extent they play. Sometimes they play quarters, sometimes a little bit of cover two, sometimes, you know, they, there's a lot going on with, uh-oh, with Gus Bradley's system. I lost my notes. I wasn't even referring to my notes. Why am I worried about my notes? Anyway, that's what the Leo is. Ellinger and Cohn. Ellinger is a guy who's different. Ryan and Foles and Cohn are very, very similar in movement and in their presence in the pocket. So Ellinger last year was a guy who, because of his mobility, really worked as a backup. Uh, a backup to... Um, <laughs> thanks. As a backup to Carson Wentz because he's mobile too. We'll see if Ellinger lasts or if Cone lasts. Maybe both wind up on the practice squad. I don't think they'll do that, though. I think they'll keep one of those guys. Foles, obviously, Matt Ryan as well. Brandon Faison and Isaiah Rogers. I think they're going to battle. I think Isaiah Rogers has the upper hand because he's really, really fast, and he's figuring it out. He's figuring out how to be a really, really good cornerback. And then at kicker, you got Blankenship and Verity. Blankenship is going to have to win that job, and Verity is going to have to kick well in order to remain as that guy who is competing with Blankenship. Otherwise, they're going to go get somebody else and have that guy compete with Blankenship. And then if T.Y. Hilton gets signed, and I'm wondering about the T.Y. Hilton possibility being signed, and we're going to talk about this on the Colin app in about 10 minutes. The thing with T.Y. Hilton... All right, he, he's a free agent. They don't want him anymore, Harpoon Bakery. Uh, he's he's ta-ta to tell, as it were. But if, if T.Y. Hilton re-signs, and I don't know, like I was saying, is it Ballard or is it Reich standing in the way of that? 
I don't know. I'm guessing it's Reich because Ballard has been so oddly positive uh, about TY. But somehow, some way, that deal is not getting done yet. But that's going to put pressure on Paris Campbell and on Alec Pierce uh, for, you know, balls, if not a starting position on that team. Um, let's talk about college basketball for a couple of minutes. Michigan lost a couple of guys yesterday who might have opted to come back. Uh, Caleb Houston, a freshman last year, 6'8", 205 pounds, and Musa Diabate, 6'11", also a freshman. They're staying in the NBA draft. That's 19.1 points and 10 rebounds last year as freshmen leaving Ann Arbor and Juwan Howard. And that kind of leaves the door wide open for Indiana. Who lost, guys? They lost Michael Durr, lost Parker Stewart, Christian Lander, Rob Finnessy. Yes, but they pick up the only two five-star guys staying or coming to a Big Ten school. That's a big deal. You've got, and, and that, you know, if you've got Malik Renault and you've got Jalen hood Shafino coming in and you've got Trace Jackson Davis, Race Thompson, Xavier Johnson, please, dear God, keep him out from behind the wheel of that Dodge Charger on North Walnut Street. You cannot go 90 on North Walnut Street. I have tried. I have failed. I don't believe I ever went faster than 50 on North Walnut, and I didn't feel safe then. And I never tried to dodge the bullet of being ticketed by a policeman. Never tried to swap seats. That's to my credit. Tamar Bates is back. You got Miller Cop, who started a bunch of games. I know Indiana fans, not big fans of Miller Cop, but there you go. Indiana is going to be really good. Mike Woodson is going to be a terrific coach of a very talented team. I don't think he's the kind of coach who can take a ragtag team and go 11-9 and nine in the Big Ten. But I think he can take a really good team and go 17-3. and three. I think he can do that. Are they capable of doing that? I don't know. Illinois is going to be good. Uh, Ohio State lost Branham. They lost Liddell. Uh, they, Purdue lost Ivy and uh, Williams and Hunter and Moore. A lot of guys leaving Purdue, but they got a lot of guys coming in. They've done a great job of recruiting. We'll see what happens this year in college basketball, but I love where Indiana is right now. Indiana football, completely different. Indiana football, you got Tuan Mullen, who, according to Athlon Sports, is a second-team All-Big Ten player. Uh, Matthews, Devon Matthews, is a third-teamer. And then you've got four guys who are six-teamers. That ties for the bottom of the Big Ten in terms of numbers of players on the first four teams, and two of Indiana's fourth teamers are special teamers. That isn't good. This could be an ugly year again for the Hoosiers. I'm telling you, and I told you a couple of years ago, I was like, do not, do not buy the fool's gold. I don't think Tom Allen's a guy. I just didn't. Met him. I talked to him. I didn't think he was it. Uh, a terrible story in Indianapolis. There's a lot of gun violence in Indianapolis. I'm not going on an anti-gun screed. There's always a lot of gun violence. You know, what are people going to do? Like, pick at their heads with, with an ice pick? You know. Um, a guard from Christmas Addicts, Harold Bennett, who graduated in 2019, scored over 21 points a game in 2018-2019. He was killed yesterday afternoon on the southeast side of Indianapolis, and that's really sad to me. Uh, by all accounts, a great kid. I called a couple of his games. He was a volume scorer 
40 points a game, sometimes three times his senior year, 40 points a game, uh, Harold Bennett senselessly taken from us. And, and that's sad, really sad. We're going to talk about T.Y. Hilton. We'll talk about positional battles on the call-in app. Just look for uh, Colts call-in with me, my face, right on the thing. You can't miss it. And who would want to? We'll do that in just a couple of minutes. Thanks for joining us.